Y'all know what today is. Today is Taco Welcome in to Crossover Radio Sports on You Heard LeBron James. It's the most interesting, greatest day of the world. It is Taco Tuesday. That's right, everybody. It's good to be back. I took another little bit. Uh, had some house stuff to take care of, but I'm back. And it's OU Texas week. Full show for you this week. We're going to review what happened over the football week. We're going to review everything coming up on this football week. Like I said, I've got a pretty packed show for you today, and I'm excited. Not because it's Taco Tuesday. Not because it's OU Texas week. But because it's crossover radio sports. And it is sports talk with a purpose, and you're here live on the Major League Podcast, the show of shows, the champion of shows. I'm back. Welcome in, everybody. Thank you for listening in. If you're listening in on any of the podcast locations, hey, go download the Crossover Radio and Crossover Radio Sports app. I promise you guys it'll be the best thing you do today. All the great sports talk, all the great music. Hey, can't go wrong at all with any of that. So, with that said, let's review some sports. Let's uh, let's review some uh, college football. Let me load up the soundtrack here. As it was a busy week in college football, just in general. So. Here we go. Let's get some college football started here as we are going to start on Thursday night here. Let me pull up the games real fast. And while I'm pulling the games up, I just want to let you guys know, if you do follow me on Twitter, at JakeMajor25, I'm going to warn you, if you're a Texas fan, I'm probably not going to be very nice this week. Um, As it is OU Texas week, and... uh, this is the week where uh, if you if you throw the horns the wrong way, if you throw them in the upward position, you're already an enemy. And uh, yeah, we're we're just not going to gel very well this week. Not very many things we'll agree on. Just letting y'all know. Um, so week six of college football had quite the slate of games uh some interesting games some games that you probably looked at and you went uh probably wouldn't watch that game but i did state that it would it it was still going to be a pretty good game for college football as we had georgia southern and south alabama lead it off in a double overtime game in which georgia southern came out on top 20 to 17 like i said in double overtime um number 18 
the University of Central Florida decided to lose their second game of the year. It's going to be really hard to uh, make a claim in a national championship as a group of five team with two losses. Uh, but they lost to Cincinnati 27-24. Uh, New Mexico and San Jose State um, played as well. San Jose State was the home team, and the home team did prevail 32-21 as we head into the regular week of college football. And I am actually going to start in the best conference because it's our conference. And yes, ladies and gentlemen, that was, that is the Big 12. As we had five games played, that means all five teams were playing. Uh, We're going to start with Baylor and Kansas. If you watch this game, it really wasn't even a game. Uh, Baylor just kind of dominated everything that they wanted to do against Kansas as they won 31 to 12. Brings their overall record to 5-0 for Baylor. Uh, for Kansas State, it brings them to 3-2 on the year with still the most impressive win in the Big 12. Um, as Skylar Thompson went 22-34 for 218 yards, one touchdown, one interception for Kansas State. When we look at Charlie Brewer on the other side, uh, 14-23, 230 yards, and one touchdown. So, I mean, these guys on the Baylor side are playing really well and there is one guy you all need to pay attention to he is going to be a he's probably going to make a run for the Big 12 uh, Offensive Player of the Year but he definitely will be a first team all Big 12 performer and you better watch out he might be a first team All-American and that ladies and gentlemen is Denzel Mims number five Baylor Bear. This guy is balling out this year. Uh, he had five catches for 82 yards. He didn't have a touchdown, but that brings his total season to 29 receptions, 438 yards, and five touchdowns. Uh, he averages 15.1 yards per catch. So, listen, I'm, I'm telling you guys, pay attention to this guy. He's putting up a year. Um, he, he might even uh, put himself, if he's not careful, in that Bolitnikoff Award uh, conversation. Um, as we go over to Iowa, as Iowa State hosted TCU, and they had some weird uniforms the Cyclones did. I didn't really agree with them, but my preseason offensive player of the year looked like preseason off- offensive player of the year. He went 19 to 24, 220, uh, 247 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions, 12 carries, 102 yards, and another two uh, touchdowns to add on top of that as Iowa State destroyed TCU 49-24 in a game that wasn't really even all that fun to watch. Um, if you were watching it and you were saying, well, that was a really good game to watch, you're lying to yourself. It really wasn't. Um, as I'm trying to pull up some stats here, as Iowa State went 4 of 9 on third down, um, they had 436 total yards. They held TCU to 329 yards, only 108 rushing. So it looks like Iowa State's starting to find their groove just a little bit after getting run over by what looks like a really, really good Baylor team that no one saw coming. Um, and then we're going to head over to uh, we're going to head over to West Virginia um, where they hosted number 11, Texas, as Sam Ellinger with a not really great throwing performance, but just good enough uh, to get his team a lead. Found the open guy when he had to, but 18 to 33 is not really a great throwing performance. 211 yards, two touchdowns, and an interception. That interception he threw it right at the West Virginia defender. So, uh, it, I get it, Texas fans. He's better this year. I get that, but we really saw what Sam Ellinger was about as far as throwing the football. He's still, still not that great decipher of a defense. He just is really good at going through his progressions 
in finding the guy down low that's rock wide open. So um, little little insight to how you game plan for Texas. You got to take away that check down stuff, but you still need to be able to uh, come up and stop him on the run. Um, as Austin Kendall, former Oklahoma quarterback, uh, 31 of 46, 367 yards, three touchdowns. He had four interceptions, one of which was probably play of the year as far as interception uh, going after an interception. Um, I, I, I will always give props uh, to, to those who give uh, that kind of effort. But listen, Texas didn't really have control of this game until that fourth, uh, I think it was that fourth interception by West Virginia. And that's about the point where West Virginia uh, just kind of lost control of this game. But other than that, I mean, Texas, they had to stay in this game. Um, they had to play their hearts. They had to pull some tricks out of the bag. I don't think they needed to as they committed 10, fa- uh, 10 penalties for 89 yards. They did lose, They did throw an interception. They did control the clock at 36 minutes compared to 20, just about 24 for uh, West Virginia. Uh, they were 10 of 18 on third down. Uh, they held West Virginia 4 of 12, uh, 4 of 14, but also gave up two fourth down conversions as West Virginia passed all over, all over Texas. And if uh, Austin Kendall would have been a little better with the football, this game probably would have been a lot closer, and Texas is probably walking out with a really close win or a loss. That's how good uh, West Virginia was, but when you throw four interceptions, probably not winning the football game. Um, but 367 yards, uh, they only had 96 rushing, rushing, so Texas didn't really have to worry too much about what West Virginia was going to do running the ball. Um, so there you have it. That was your uh, West Virginia-Texas game. Um, and going to the other state school, uh, or going to our state schools here, is we're going to start with Oklahoma State, who is now 4-2 and two on the year after a 45-35 loss. The score looks better than how the game was played. Um, I credit Mike Gundy for leaving Spencer Sanders in, who went 22 of 37 for 297 yards, or 290 yards, I'm sorry, for two touchdowns and three interceptions. But listen, he did not look good. He did not look like the running or the quarterback that we all thought he would be. And it's because he's a freshman. I mean, he's still making freshman mistakes. He's still having that freshman pressure thing, which goes back on Mike Gundy. If he would have used the four-game redshirt rule with Spencer Sanders, hey, we might be looking at a different Spencer Sanders this year. Um, and Chuba Hubbard, I mean, that that's going to be the key to their offense this year is what it's looking like. Uh, 34 carries, 156 yards for three touchdowns. In comparison, L.D. Brown only got three carries for 17. So they're not doing a good job of limiting what Chuba Hubbard is doing as far as touches as he had uh, 35 touches as he had a, a catch for one yard as well. Um, but the big, the big thing here for Oklahoma State is they did get their leading receiver, uh, Ty, Tywin Wallace, 11, 11 passes, 11 catches for 85 yards and a touchdown. So um, those are going to be the two guys that Spencer Sanders need to filter the ball to the most. Um, and every team is going to know that moving forward is uh, it just did not look very good for Oklahoma State. They looked really, really bad. And for all you Texas people out there saying, well, it was just Jet Duffy. Listen, he went 26 of 44 for 424 yards and four touchdowns against a really, really good uh, defensive backfield for Oklahoma State. Listen, you don't you you don't give up um, 424 yards just by giving bad effort. Listen, this guy was finding open guys. He was able to get the ball 
Uh, there were five guys with uh, more than three catches, and that's not by mistake either. Um, this TJ Vasher kid, if this is the guy I'm thinking, um, yeah, it is the guy I'm thinking. Listen, he's 6'6", 210 uh, 10 pounds. Oklahoma shut him down last week. Oklahoma State couldn't hold him. They gave up uh, uh, They gave up five catches for 110 yards and a touchdown against him. So, listen, I, I'm telling you guys, Texas Tech still has an offense, regardless what you all want to think. Um, and then we're going to head over to Lawrence, Kansas. That was a weird, weird, weird start of the game. Um, is it was a delayed 30 minutes. Um, it, it just had that feel of Oklahoma didn't really care. The offensive line was playing bad because two starters were out. It was just kind of an all-over performance by Oklahoma um, as they won the game 45-20. Uh, they came out in the second half, and they absolutely showed, hey, this is who we are, and this is how we play. Um, as they outplayed even themselves in the first, uh, in the second half than they did in the first. Um, but the, the, the key points here is if you're looking, uh, Oklahoma fans, if you're listening in, um, listen, two catches, that's all you're probably going to get in this offense. Um, because we're going to, it looks like we're going to be concentrated more on running the ball here this year, uh, which I'm completely okay with. The problem is uh, we can't have weird reverse option reverse whatever that weirdness was on like second and 30 to make it third and 50 um, from the 50 yard line in a goal in a to go situation at a goal line situation you just can't have that but listen I'm going to tell you guys this uh, this team um, offensively for weapons um, 13 guys caught balls on, against Kansas 13 guys had catches. Two of them had touchdowns, um, one of which was C.D. Lamb. Uh, Jalen Hurts was even in there. Um, but listen, there's there's some wrinkles that Oklahoma still hasn't shown. We still haven't pulled out uh, Lee Morris and Grant Calcaterra from the, uh, uh, to show the depth at the tight end position. We've been using Braden Willis and, uh, and uh, Austin Stogner. Uh, those have been the guys that we've been using. Um, and, and if you're looking for a bright point on the defense, hey, listen, we still look really good. Uh, Bradley Hiles was about the only guy that was burned. Uh, Bradley Hiles and um, – but I think that play got called back anyway, so it didn't matter. Um, or – and who was the other one? I, it, it's one of the other safeties. Uh, he hasn't had a lot of play this year. Um Robert Barnes, uh, he gave up that one. He gave up a touchdown, and then I, I don't, I don't think anybody else for Oklahoma really just got absolutely. Um, I, I, I don't think anybody else got got crazy. I mean, uh, Parnell Montley had a bad game, um, and for all the all of you coming after Parnell Montley, listen, he's still killing it guys he's still doing everything that he needs to do um defensively to still look like a really 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 good cornerback for Oklahoma um there's a reason he's playing um and there's a reason he's on the other um I don't know why we didn't show more of Jaden Davis I think we just wanted to give some guys some go just so they had more reps uh but I think we all know who the number one uh cornerback is for Oklahoma and that is Jaden Davis 
Uh, Trey Brown is still really, really good. But listen, I'm, I'm just going to tell you guys, Jaden Davis is that dude. And don't be surprised to see him on, uh, on Colin Johnson on Saturday. Um, so with that, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. Uh, we're going to talk the rest of the top 25 and what happened on that uh, on Saturday. Then we're going to come back and we're going to uh, break down some of the some of the matchups that I think, well, we'll, we'll kind of see what it looks like on time. But, guys, this has been Crossover Radio Sports, sports talk with a, pers- uh, with a purpose. You've been listening to the Major League Podcast. We'll be back after this break. Crossover Radio Sports. This is the Major League Podcast. Thank you for listening in on this Taco Tuesday. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Go get you a taco today from Taco Bell, Taco Bueno. Go find a food truck that does tacos. Something, man. Um, But go enjoy a taco today. Um, It is Taco Tuesday. One of the best days of the week. Only second best to Kane's Day. <laughs> That's one I created. So, sorry if y'all don't like that. Too bad. Alrighty. So, for the rest of the top 25, as previously mentioned, number 18, UCF did lose to Cincinnati 27 24. Oklahoma did beat Kansas. Number 6, Oklahoma did beat Kansas 45 20. Uh, we talked about number 21, Oklahoma State losing to Texas Tech 45 35. Um, and we did also mention number 11, Texas beating West Virginia 42 31. Um, so now to go over the rest of the scores here, um, we our only top 10 matchup that we had on the week was number 7 Auburn going to number 10 Florida as they win 24, or as Florida wins 24-13 here um, in a really actually kind of entertaining defensive game. Um, if, if you're about those kind of things, it, it was a really good game to watch. Uh, uh, superstar... Bo Nix went 11 and 27, 145 yards, one touchdown, three interceptions. Um, as well, Michael P. Ryan, hey, listen, this guy's starting to look like a really, really good running back for Florida. Uh, 14 carries, 130 yards, and touchdowns. Don't be counting Florida out at all. Uh, they look like they're a really good uh, football team, and I, I didn't have them in my top 10. I probably have them in my top 10 now. Um, Cal did lose to Oregon 17-7 in a pretty low-scoring Pac-12 game. Not something that you hear in the same sentence, uh, low-scoring and Pac-12. Not usually something that comes across too often. Uh, LSU did host Utah State in 142-6. Wisconsin beat Kent State, number 5 LSU beat Utah. Number 8 Wisconsin beat Kent State 48-0. 
Uh, Purdue, number 12 Purdue hosted, or number 12 Penn State hosted Purdue 35 and won 35 to 7. Um, number 14 Iowa went to Michigan and won 10 to 3. Bowling Green went to number 9 uh, Notre Dame and won uh, and lost 52 0. Uh, number 3 Georgia beat Tennessee in a kind of surprising first half of that game. If you didn't watch it, um, I believe going into halftime, it was 26-14, and listen, 29-14. You're still not feeling uh, still not feeling over comfortable in the uh, going into the fourth quarter, uh, having a team have just a little bit of momentum. Uh, but Georgia was able to hold them to no points after uh, I think it was just the uh, two touchdowns. Yeah, just the two touchdowns uh, from from Wisconsin uh, from Tennessee, um, as Tennessee's just awful um then we head over to uh the horseshoe where uh where number four ohio state beat number 25 michigan state 34 to 10 uh smu came guys if you didn't watch this game you you missed out on one heck of a game is number 24 smu goes to three overtimes to hold off tulsa but the bigger important thing here is SMU had no business winning this game. As in the going into the fourth quarter, they were trailing 30 to nine to Tulsa going into the going into the fourth quarter, and they just chipped away the entire quarter. Just chip, 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 chip. Listen, that's that's how you have to do it. And then uh, Tulsa gets a touchdown to take the lead in overtime, and it, it looked like they were going to hold SMU, and then SMU scores the last ten. The last uh, uh, 13 points there, so it 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 was an impressive game. It, it really was. Um, you got to give it up to SMU. They played one heck of a game. Uh, so did Tulsa, but you know Tulsa just ran out of gas there at the end. They couldn't really hold them. Um, going to the next game here, number 15 Washington did lose on the road to Stanford, 23 to 13, as they just looked awful. Um, Jacob Eason, um, 16 to thir- uh, 36, 206 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Um, and then you look over to the Stanford side of things as Cameron Scarlett went 33 carries, 151 yards, and a touchdown as Stanford just looked impressive the entire game. Uh, they did outgain Washington 482 yards, 294. So Washington is pretty much essentially out of the college football playoffs. No matter what happens the rest of the season, they'll be on the outside looking in. And finally, the last ranked game that we had for the day was number 16, Boise State, going to UNLV, and they came out victorious 38-13. to So there are your college football scores going into or exiting week six as we head into week seven um, as our Friday night games that we have are number 13, uh, Oregon hosting Colorado, and number 20, Virginia going to Miami. Um, The biggest games that we have this week, obviously the uh, Oklahoma-Texas game, number six, Oklahoma uh, going down to uh, Dallas to the Cotton Bowl to play number 11, Texas. The next game that we have there, and this is gonna be the game day game, is number five LSU hosting 
number seven, Florida, as they are both undefeated. Uh, LSU 5-0, Florida 6-0. So it, it looks like this is going to be a pretty good top-end week as all the rest of the games you kind of look at. Um, not nearly as good um, as I'm just kind of glancing through them real quick. Uh, surprisingly going to be a sneakily good game in my opinion. Uh, number three, Georgia is hosting South Carolina. Georgia is a 25-point favorite, but I, I want to I think I'd take South Carolina and the points there. South Carolina's defense gave Alabama all sorts of fits in the first half. Uh, number 16, Michigan, is a 21-and-a-half-point favorite over Illinois. I think I'd take Michigan in that one. Uh, number 23, Memphis, is on the road to Temple. Uh, and they're only a five-point favorite. Temple, who uh, looked really good on Thursday, if you guys missed it. Um, number one, Alabama, uh, is going to somehow still rank Texas A&M. Um, and they're only a 17-point favorite. I expect them to just absolutely beat the doors off of Texas A&M. Uh, Florida State goes to number two, Clemson. Clemson's a 27-point favorite. I think we all remember what happened last year um, as we got the epic meme of a fan without his shirt on at the very top of the stadium in Florida State reading a book instead of watching the football game. Uh, Michigan State goes to Wisconsin. Uh, this will be a really, really good test for Wisconsin's offense as Michigan State has a really good defense despite what you guys saw last week against Ohio State. Ohio State, who's still my number one team if I had a vote. Uh, Washington State is going on the road to play number 18, Arizona State, the fighting um, Herm Edwards. As the football power index gives Arizona State a 56.4% chance to win that game. That's actually probably going to be my Pac-12 game of the week to watch. Uh, number 25, Cincinnati goes on the road to Houston. Um, Cincinnati's only a seven-point favorite. Don't be surprised to see uh, Dana kind of have something up his sleeve and give Cincinnati a little bit run of their money here. Uh, the two and three record Houston has is not necessarily what that team actually is. Number uh Number 22, Baylor will be hosting unranked Texas Tech. Baylor, who just broke into the rankings this week um, at 5-0, they are a nine-point favorite over Texas Tech. Um, and uh, Baylor has a 77% chance to win that game, according to ESPN's Football Power Index. Uh, USC going to Notre Dame. Uh, Notre Dame is an 11-point favorite, but uh, this is going to always be a fun game to watch as this is a pretty big rivalry game, what, despite what people think. Um, I, I expect Notre Dame to win this. Uh, this looks like to be uh, one of Notre Dame's best teams since 2012, um, is, is kind of what they're looking like. Uh, number 10, Penn State going to number 17, uh, 17 Iowa. Penn State's a four-and-a-half-point favorite on the road, so if you're looking for an upset alert on this one, guys, is I'm going to pick Iowa to beat Penn State here. Um, Louisville, who's just awful, is going to number 19, Wake Forest. I expect Wake Forest to be 6-0 at that point. Uh, number 15, Utah, who has one loss, uh, is going to Oregon State, and I expect Utah to just blow the doors off Oregon State. Then uh, unranked Hawaii, who is 4-1, will be going to uh, number 14, Boise State, and that is going to be your nightcap for your ranked college football games here and let me find Tulsa real quick for us because I do know uh, we do live in the great state of Oklahoma so we do talk about um, we do talk about uh, the local teams here so let me find Tulsa real quick they're in here somewhere 
Tulsa is hosting Navy, and Tulsa is a one-point favorite. Tulsa, who's two and three, is a one-point favorite over three and one Navy. I expect that line to drop into Navy's uh, wheelhouse um, as it comes a little closer to that game. Uh, bonus games here for you guys. Tomorrow, we actually do have uh, college football, as it is 4-0 Appalachian State. Looks to go on the road to Louisiana as they have a 4-1 record. Louisiana is an early one-point favorite. I think I would take that line um, if, I, if I were to be a betting human being, which I am not. Um, I think I would take at this line, there is no over-under on it yet, just the spread. I would take Appalachian State and to win outright. And whatever the over-under is, I'm probably taking the under. Um, so there you have it. I mean, this, uh, this is your uh, week seven of college football. After this week, we do start getting our S&P and FEI rankings. These are rankings that I actually uh, pay the most attention to, and this is kind of how I do my basis for my top 25 um, and how I get uh, and, and kind of how I develop my opinions about teams I don't watch a whole lot of. Um, so teams like Baylor, teams like Kansas State, who I've not seen a whole bunch of previous years. I've seen a whole bunch of them this year. For more, more example, more like, uh, oh, teams like Michigan, who I've only seen lose, just absolutely get obliterated by uh, Wisconsin. It gives me more of an idea of who they are and what they do. Um, th this stat is my favorite stat by far. So um, if it's not one that you guys are familiar with, I would recommend Googling it. Um, this is kind of how I formulate my top, uh, my playoff teams, and this kind of my deal breaker between them. Um, so the, it, it's an important week of college football. We got uh, the, the biggest, uh, I would call it the biggest rivalry west of the Mississippi by far. It is better than Notre Dame, uh, Notre Dame USC. It's better than Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. It's better than Missouri, Kansas. I mean, you you can just pick a rivalry, anything west of the Mississippi, and this is by far the biggest rivalry west of the Mississippi. I would say the only thing that would come close to it would be um, Texas, Texas A&M, but A&M's not, you know, willing to do the game, so. Not much of a rival if they don't want to actually do the, you know, do the game. So that's my opinion on that. Um, uh, that and that's just really what I think about it. Um, and then I would say the next closest after that would be Oklahoma and Nebraska. But again, we don't get the we don't get the rivalry game anymore, so it's not really much of a rivalry. So um, those guys left, and now it's just OU Texas holding up the league. Um, and up until last year, uh, it was just Oklahoma doing it. Um, so there you guys have it. Um, I'm not going to give a prediction on OU Texas until Friday. Um, and I'm going to explain to you why. And the reason is why is I'm going to break down a portion every day of Oklahoma and of Texas and why I think a certain team has a better portion of what they do and I'll break that down each week and I'm actually going to start with the quarterbacks this week and it's pretty easy uh, it's going to be pretty easy to talk about and um, if you guys want to hear about that um, hey continue listening in on the other side of this break as we're taking a break here on the major league podcast and while I'm on while I'm going on this break or while we're kind of going in between things here with 
my guys that are listening in via podcast, hey, go download the Crossover Radio app. Go download the Crossover Radio Sports app. You get all the great content. We give only the best opinions. And frankly, who doesn't want an app where you don't have, you know, people yelling at you for calling in and having an opinion, looking at you, sports animal. Or, you know, having a guy who thinks they know literally more than you do, um, no matter what you say, no matter how correct it is or how incorrect it is, looking at you, franchise. Or a radio station that plays half of their content on national stuff. Looking at you at 105.3 in Oklahoma City. I don't know what it is in Tulsa, so I can't really say. So yeah, download the Crossover Radio Sports app. Hey, listen. We love you guys. We wouldn't be doing it if we didn't. So guys, this has been the Major League Podcast. Go download those apps. I'm going to take a break. On the other side of the break, like I said, we will break down OU Texas quarterback style here on the Major League Podcast. I'll see you guys after the break. over radio sports sport talk with a purpose hey just a program note here for you guys on friday night you guys have quite a few things that you can do you can sit there and you can watch college football listen to the terrible announcers that uh, espn is going to be throwing your way or you can watch baseball Um, but not a lot of you out there are actual baseball fans so not going to give you guys the option to uh, do that unless you're actually true baseball fans. Um, Or you can go download the Crossover Radio Sports app. On that app, what you'll find um, what you'll find on that app, sorry if that muted there for a second, um, you're going to find the Bethany Broncos. And what you'll find the Bethany Broncos doing is they are going to be hosting, I believe hosting, uh, no, actually, they will be going to Tuttle. Um, and and I'm, I'm just going to tell you guys right now, that's the game of 4A right now is Tuttle and Bethany. Uh, Tuttle's a really, really good football team. Um, so I'll, I'll talk about more of that game probably on Friday morning before it, but I'm I'm just telling you guys, Hey, this is, this is going to be a heck of a game and definitely want to listen into, uh, uh, to Jeremy and Phil as they call that game. And, and I'm, I'm just going to tell you guys, it's going to be a heck of a football game to watch, uh, to listen to. So I'm going to tell you guys to listen to that game and listen, if you don't want to listen to that game. 
fine. Don't listen to that game. That's probably going to be the best game that you're going to be listening to in our state anyway. Um, so what you could do instead, if you don't want to download the Crossover Radio app, uh, radio app you can just go to the Facebook page. They'll, they'll, be, uh, they'll be showing it. Uh, you can listen to it there. Or you can go to crossoverradio.org and you can listen to it there as well. So with that said, you could also, at the same time, go download the Crossover Radio Sports app. You know, listen to all of our great shows. Plus, you get to listen to PCO football. Listen, I know it doesn't look very good as far as you look up PCO's uh, record as they'll be hosting Midwest City this week. Um, but let me tell you guys something. You guys get to listen in to uh, guys who actually care about what goes on on these, uh, on these teams. Uh, and I'm, I'm just going to mention, hey, the guy that does uh, pregame, halftime, and postgame, hey, he's pretty good. Uh, he... he He's pretty good, and uh, there, there's another guy on there. His name is uh, Zach Meineke. He's, uh, he's really good as well, too. So, listen, you guys have options. You can, you can listen to Bethany and Tuttle, and you can listen to uh, PCO and uh, Midwest City. While you're watching, you know, whatever games on – whatever you decide to watch on Friday, you can just mute that, and you can play both of them at the same time. Because I'm telling you guys, these are probably going to be better than these. These two games are probably going to be better than anything you're you're watching on Friday, anyway. So definitely give it a listen. Um, if you're going to be at the game, either of those two games, um, feel free to go to the Facebook page, make a comment, say, "Hey, listen to you guys, love it. Um, love to hear from you guys all the time on that." So uh, definitely reach out to us that way. So back to the important stuff here. And the important stuff that I'm talking about, yes, it is college football um, in our great state as it's still football season. And we all know that football, especially Oklahoma football in the state of Oklahoma, is king. It is absolutely the number one thing in our state that we cover. It's the number one thing in our state that we absolutely, from top to bottom, everybody in this state loves is Oklahoma football or Oklahoma State football. But let me give you guys an idea of what's going on with the quarterback battle in the Red River game. And I am starting with this one for a reason because I want this one to be discussed all week. This is going to be a subject matter that I, I, I personally believe is the actual reason why one team will win and why another team won't. And, and I, I, I fully believe that the quarterback is still going to be the most important aspect of any football game. Um, but um, but when we look at everything overall with OU Texas, this game is always so close. Um, you look at Oklahoma has won the last two decades of uh, OU Texas compared to Texas having just um, I, I just tweeted this out not too long ago I think the last actual uh, so the the Longhorns have the 90s and I believe the 60s are their last three that they've won I believe the Sooners have won the 70s the 80s the 2000s and the 2010s thus far 
Uh, so, I mean, right now we're looking at a four. Uh, going back to the 50s, we're looking at a, uh, I believe, a 5-2 to two advantage for Oklahoma in this game. Um, if you look at the overall record between these two teams, um, you know, just overall, uh, let me pull up the number here because it's, it, it, it's just so crazy when you sit here and you think about OU Texas, you think, you know, well, Texas has the overall lead in this series. What do you mean this has been a really close series? Listen, Texas does have a 62-47 lead over Oklahoma, but let me tell you guys, it's not been it, it's not been as close as it, it's been just about as close as you think. Since 1945, so that is considered modern era football by most college football people. Since 1945, the overall record for OU and Texas when they play each other is 36, 36, and 3. It does not get any even. It, it, it is as even as it can get. Um, the total score, Oklahoma is at 1,707. Texas is, uh, Texas is at 1,483. The average score is uh, 23 to 20 in Oklahoma's favor. The highest scores, Oklahoma hit 65, um, and Texas only 48. Um, the lows, both teams have uh, scored zero multiple times. So I'm, I'm just telling you guys, since 1945, this game has been just about, since, since 1945, this game has been dead even. Um, as last year's Red River game came down to a, a, a late field goal, um, the year before that, it was just a really, really good football game. Um, the year before that, a 45-40 win where the defense for Oklahoma, all they had to do was show up just one lick, and they would have won that game 45-30 to or something closer to that. Um, in 2015, Baker, Baker and the boys, they lost 24-17. Um, and, and then, I mean, we all know the history, uh, 20. 2013, Blake Bell lost to, to, I believe it was Case McCoy when they, they had no business losing that game, just coming off a Notre Dame victory. Uh, 2014, 31-26. Uh, so all, all these scores since 2013 have been razor thin and close. Obviously, Oklahoma winning the Big 12 championship game, 39-27 over Oklahoma in that time frame as well. Uh, that's been about the only, that has been the only Red River game that has not been a Red River game in this rivalry. So, um, but there there was a span there of three years where Texas just got absolutely ran off the field. Um, in all three years, they were ranked 15 uh, in 2010. Uh, they were ranked 21. They didn't get run off the field this year. It was just a solid 28-10 victory for Oklahoma. Uh, in 2011, Oklahoma, uh, Oklahoma was ranked number three, and Texas was ranked number 11. And Oklahoma ran them off the field, 55-17 in 2012. It was kind of the same. It was kind of a different ordeal as Oklahoma already came in three and one. Um, they were number 13 on the year. Texas was four and one. They were number 15 on the year. Um, and they, they got run off, run off the field, and it's actually the background picture on my phone of where Trey Miller just, he, he hurtled the dude, then as he was hurtling the guy, another guy went to tackle him, and he just completely bounced off Trey Millard and, and hit the ground, and Trey Millard, I don't believe he scored on that play, but he got a big chunk yard out of it as Oklahoma won 63-21. Um, 
So it's those those back-to-back years. I mean, hey, listen. Oklahoma did what they were supposed to in those two games and made Texas look bad. And Texas, listen, those years, they were not good football teams. They weren't. I don't care what any Texas fan is going to say. That 2010, uh, the 2010, basically from 20, uh, 2010 to 20, I would say until last year, Texas really wasn't a great football program. They were average to below average quite a bit. Um, and, and, and listen, if I remember doing my math right on this, and, and it's been a minute since I've done it, but the last, well, I, I got it pulled up here. So going back to 2000, let's, let's just say that, um, that puts it back 19 years. Let's go ahead and go 1999. That's 20. Well, it's going to have to be 2000 because that was the. Uh, so going back 20 years, um, this game has been ranked 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 10, 11, 12, 14 times in the last 20 years. This, this game has just been ranked now in the top 10. Um, there's one, two, three, four, five, five times. So this game, th- this game has a lot of significance. Um, in those top ten matchups, Oklahoma is one, two. So three and one, four and one, going back to 1999 over the last 20 years when these two teams have been ranked inside the top 10. Um, as far as a top 15, or just in, as far as being uh, ranked between the two teams, Oklahoma is one. As I'm dropping my. Uh, my Coke uh, tabs now. Uh, give me just a sec. Let me get this record here for you guys. It's one, two, three, four, five, one, six, two, seven. I'm sorry. It's Oklahoma is 10 and 4 the last 20 years whenever these two teams meet ranked. So it's going to be a good football game. I'm, I'm just telling you guys, um, don't be surprised to see a nice close football game. Um, and I'm going to tell you that favors Oklahoma. Uh, and, and, and I'll tell you why. The reason any time a close game comes in this kind of situation, here's why I trust Oklahoma more. Sorry, they're 13 and 8. 
the, the last 20 years um, overall, Oklahoma is, they, the average score is 33 to 25. Uh, let me tell you why. Is you've got two quarterbacks here. You've got the difference between one being a guy who played for one of the greatest, if not the greatest college football head coach of all time. You can make the argument that he's not. It's not going to be a very good argument. You're, you're not going to run into a really good argument on that case. And on the other side, you got a guy who learned from Urban Meyer, who we're starting to find out, uh, who we found out this offseason was kind of a scum, was a piece of scum. And so it's starting to show a little bit as far as his disciples are also starting to become that, the exception so far being Ryan Day. Um, and I'm not using that just kind of as a, ooh, look at this. But I, I'm showing you how the two different quarterbacks approach big-time football games. One quarterback is coming in and going and, and remembers every single person who's ever put the horns down and disrespected uh, Texas and comes in and he says all these big, bolsterous things. Um, like he didn't, I believe, listening to his uh, – it, it was one of the one of them. I don't remember if it was Herman or Ellinger. Uh, they'd asked him, so are, are you guys kind of looking ahead to next week? And one of them answered, who do we play next week? That That's a load of crap. Everybody knows what next week is. Everybody knows. Oklahoma knew early, and that's why they looked as bad as they did against Kansas. I can tell you that. that that's how it is. Um, but when we look at this overall... You've got one coach who comes in and who loves being the underdog, who thrives in it. And then you got on the other side, you got a coach who's not really an underdog except for Alabama. I think Alabama is the only game that Lincoln Riley has been an underdog in. So he doesn't have, he's not coaching out of his element. Uh, Tom Herman is quiet, is just a little bit, but that's because you don't usually hear Texas as the underdog since he's come in in 2017. It's not usually something that you expect to hear. Here's why the quarterback battle leans toward Jalen Hurts, and I am taking this as an objective football stance. I know a lot of you who listen that are my Texas fans. This is a 100% pure, analytical, pure looking at both quarterbacks for who they are. And I can give you numbers. I can tell you Jalen Hurts is 82 of 109. That's 75.2%. Uh, 1,523 yards, 14 yards per average. Uh, he's got 14 touchdowns, two interceptions. He's only been sacked four times. He's got a 231 point three quarter uh, Q, uh, quarterback rating and then you look at Sam Ellinger who has thrown the ball more who's not been as accurate and who has less yards less yards per attempt he does have more touchdowns the same number of interceptions but he has been sacked considerably more nine times and has and has a quarterback rating of a hundred and uh, 169.2 um, and we can go to total QBR. We can look at that as well. Um, I just got done having a conversation about QBR. Um, so Sam Ellinger um, does have a higher, not anymore, but last week he had a higher uh, pass EPA. For those of you that are wondering what EPA is, 
EPA is expected points added. It is something that talks about efficiency. It has nothing to do with who you're playing, how strong of a defense they are, where it's at, what the if it's raining sideways with 300 mile per hour winds or if it's a 75 uh, a 68 degree day with a light wind that stat could not could care less what that stat what what the weather is what the per, who the person uh, who the team is you're playing what the other if the other defense has a nine stars like seven nine star safeties in the backfield it could care less about that but the pass epa jalen's better at jalen's better at the run epa uh just because i got done having the argument i'm i'm having to explain this um the total qbr when you look at it jalen hurts is at a 96.6 his raw qbr is at a 97.9 it did drop they were not nearly as efficient last week uh, mainly because of that first quarter, they weren't really. And then when you look at Sam Ellinger, they really haven't had a, t- a true bad quarter of football. When you look at how Sam Ellinger and how this offense plays um, outside of LSU, <clears throat> LSU really had their number in the uh, second and third quarters. When you watch that game, it was the first and fourth quarters, and it was really late in the fourth quarter for Texas, and it was real early in the first quarter to where Texas looked like the better football team. But in the main chunk, the main, we're gonna go and dominate, we're gonna go and play a football game. LSU was the better team in that game as far as the, about the middle of the first to the middle of the fourth, or just about three minutes, I would say about two minutes left in the football game. LSU was the better quarter, uh, was the better team, and it showed when you look at how Sam Ellinger played. He was rushed. He was not nearly as efficient. He didn't go through his progressions nearly as well, and that's why I give the edge to Jalen Hurts is because Sam Ellinger in the big game looked like he hadn't been there, and he has been there. Sam Ellinger beat Georgia straight up. Give him credit. He beat Georgia. Now, I'll say they didn't have all their NFL talent, but listen, if you use that argument against Texas, you got to use the same thing for when OU beat Alabama in 2013. It's the same situation, except Alabama didn't have 90% of their NFL defensive players not playing. Everybody for Alabama was playing. Georgia didn't have a lot of their talent playing, but it is still Georgia. They are still a very, very football, uh, good football team, and they shut them down offensively. Listen, everybody for Georgia was playing offensively. And they shut them down. So you got to give credit where credit is due. Texas beat Georgia handily. They were more physical. They were just a better football team. When you look at the way that Sam Ellinger plays, Sam Ellinger's offense is tailored for his exact weakness, inaccuracy and interceptions. What they tell him to do is throw when you get a zone we're going to put someone right in the middle of a voided spot in the zone you throw to that guy every time you find that person in the voided spot and you throw it to him there's nobody else on the field that matters that's what they tell him i can tell you that's what they tell him and then when it is man to man and it's not a zone when it's just pure man to man maybe with a cover two on top you look for your one-on-one coverage with with Colin Johnson or Duvernay because they're your two taller guys and they're going to be taller than 90% of the quarterbacks in the Big 12. So you go to those guys. 
and you throw it high and you throw it deep and you might overthrow it just a little bit because you got to throw it up. Not an accurate pass, just throwing the ball up. Because when you throw the ball up, anything happens at that point. Because now you take efficiency out of your hands and you put it in your wide receiver's hands. How efficient are you at catching a football? Luckily, Sam Ellinger has two really good guys in Colin Johnson uh, Duvernay. So you, you've got to take that into consideration on how this offense works. They are a zone power run team with a quarterback, uh, with a quarterback power zone as well, too. What Texas is not is an efficient-based offense where you can plug and play any quarterback into this system because not every quarterback is going to be able to succeed the way that Sam Ellinger would succeed in this offense. This offense is designated for Sam Ellinger for a reason, and they had to work with it, they had to tinker with it, and they had to do everything that they could do with it in 2017 because in 2018, that's where they really, really found out that Sam Ellinger could master this offense that they tailored just for him. You look at Jalen Hurts on the other side. Jalen Hurts came from Alabama to where it was, don't turn the football over or you're going to find yourself on the bench, which we saw that in the national championship game. He turned the ball over and he got benched. Uh, Jalen Hurts, um, has actually, I said he played in two. He's played in three national championship games. I want you guys to think about that for a minute. Three national championship games, one against Clemson, another against Georgia, and he came in for cleanup duty against Clemson again. Both the times they played Clemson, they lost. He got benched in the second half and got lucky with Tua Tungavaloa being as good as he is. Uh, by the way, who is tied with Jalen Hurts in total QBR right now? Um, has a lower raw QBR. Um, but and that's why you see Jalen Hurts number one instead of just a uh, a blank spot at number two it's because Jalen Hurts has the higher total QBR but back to my point here as you look at the way Lincoln Riley tailors his offense he changes it for every quarterback he's a quarterback friendly coach because he's able he's been able to show you that it's been with a pass first guy with Baker Mayfield and how efficient that offense was that was the base Baker Mayfield was the base of how good this offense really is and then you got in Kyler Murray who was a zone read quarterback who he made into a pass first quarterback that runs and can run and can do zone read stuff and is faster than everybody else out not named Marquise Brown on the football field period and then you now have a guy who's more of a game manager who's more of a mix between Baker and Kyler who will run the football when he doesn't have anything open and there's a lane who will look and go through his progressions, who's been in the big-time game and knows what it takes to play against these big-time defenses. He's smart enough to realize and go through all the different things. And what he's going to see is that Texas's defense, their front seven's physical, fast, and they play. And he's going to find that back end is not nearly as good. Sam Ellinger, on the other hand, I don't. It, it's the whole premise of his offense that has me hung up on thinking he's a good quarterback. Can Sam Ellinger's game translate to the NFL? I'm going to say no because not every NFL coordinator is going, to, is going to tailor their offense for that specific quarterback. They're going to expect him to learn that offense and get there. And that's where I don't think Sam Ellinger is. I don't think Sam Ellinger... Sam Ellinger is a smart quarterback. 
I don't think he's learned a different system, adapt to that system, and play the top-end football like an NFL quarterback compared to how Lincoln Riley makes his offense. You look at the two differences in the offenses, and that's why I give the edge to Jalen Hurts, is because he's been to those big games. He's played the big-time defenses. He was, he was Offensive Player of the Year in the SEC, a conference that's known for nothing but defense. They have more NFL talent out of the SEC every single year than any other conference combined, just on defense. Take that into consideration here, guys. That's a big thing we're not taking in. Is Yes, we like to dog on the SEC for being overhyped and overvalued, but there's a reason for it. They've gone out and they've proved it. Week in and week out. Have they been riding on the coattails of Alabama? Yeah, they absolutely have. In the past, who's it been? Florida. LSU. Um, it's been Tennessee. It's been, uh, I've already mentioned Florida. It's been Florida, Tennessee. Alabama, Auburn, LSU. So they've got depth. They've got teams that have won at the highest level, and they know what it takes to win at the highest level. So let's not sit here and pretend that the SEC is just some scrub conference that just gets overrated. The SEC is a very good conference, whom Oklahoma has a quarterback that was Offensive Player of the Year in that conference as a freshman. Jalen Hurts can throw the football. Can he throw the football better than the guys behind him? Probably not, but he's got that experience that if this team gets down 14-0 against Texas, they're going to look at him and he's going to go, guys, we're fine. Let's go out there and execute and we'll be fine. He knows how to win football games, and that's something that Sam Ellinger does not know how to do. Sam Ellinger has been lucky enough to have really, 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 really good defensive talent around him. Oklahoma has not been that lucky to have that same defensive talent and the same defensive kind of mindset that Texas has the last three years. If that was the case, Oklahoma would have three national championships. I'm telling you right now, that'd be the case. Well, let me tell you guys, Oklahoma and Texas in this matchup, this is the key piece to watch. And, and listen, QBR doesn't lie about who the quarterback is and you know who the better quarterback is overall. It's Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts has the experience. Jalen Hurts has the offense. Jalen Hurts has the the play caller. Jalen Hurts has the offensive talent around him. But that's not what makes Jalen Hurts a great quarterback. What makes Jalen Hurts a great quarterback is the fact that they can look another team in the face, and he can look the other team in the face and go, yeah, it's just OU Texas. Yeah, it's just the Red River game. I've played in the Iron Bowl. I've played in three playoff games. I've played in three national championships. Big deal. That's the reason he can say big deal to this, is because he's played at the very, very top end of college football. That pressure is much different than the pressure in OU Texas. Write that down. So, guys, like I said, I'm giving the edge to Sam, or I'm giving. I'm giving the edge to Jalen Hurts in the quarterback battle. Um, I expect to get a lot of responses for this. I, I spent 30 minutes on this segment, and that's actually going to end my show today um, as it's probably going to be really difficult for me to get it out, out on uh, onto Anchor here for me to get it across to my podcast location. So that makes it especially more important for you guys uh, listening in on the podcast network. Go download the Crossover Radio app and listen to my show. Listen to the rest of what I'm going to break down for OU Texas. Again, quarterback battle goes to 
Oklahoma and Jalen Hurts, um, as he's just a better leader. He's a bet. He, he's got the better experience. He's got the better numbers. He's got the better. He, he's he's got the better look of what an NFL quarterback looks like to this point into the season. And guys, with that, this has been the Major League Podcast. Listen in tomorrow. We're going to break down the running backs and the fullbacks. Um, let's see. T- so tomorrow is Wednesday. So Thursday, we'll talk about the uh, – so, yeah, tomorrow what we'll do is we'll talk about the skill position. So fullback, tight ends, wide receivers, and running backs. Break down each of those position groups, and that will probably be my whole show tomorrow is breaking down each of those. Um, so, guys, this, like I said, this has been the Major League Podcast here on Crossover Radio Sports, Sports Talk with a Purpose. Go download the Crossover Radio Sports app. Listen to all the great content that we have. And listen to our high school football uh, that we have here, guys. We put a lot of effort and a lot of work into this, and we do appreciate you guys listening in every single week, every single time. So, guys, until tomorrow, have a great rest of your day. Don't ruin somebody's 2019. And always, Boomer Sooner.